It's unnecessary roughness. Eight seconds to go. He settles into the pocket. Fires near side. It's caught by Carter, but he's tackled inbounds. Clock's going to roll. Sam Webb ends the game with a tackle, and the Raiders win their third straight. Sam Webb tackled DeAndre Carter inbounds at the 49-yard line, and it's a Vegas victory. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Here's your boy Q. Q. Welcome back. Welcome in, Raider Nation. You heard Jason Horowitz right there, the voice of the silver and black on the call. That was the second time that the Raiders played the Chargers in 2022 at Allegiant Stadium. That was a big victory right there. It's funny. Sam Webb makes a tackle on DeAndre Carter. DeAndre Carter now plays for the Silver and Black. Sam Webb still on the roster as well. But that was that game. I remember it like it was yesterday. That was that game where Keenan Allen, uh, Keenan Allen was talking about barbecue chicken and the Raiders secondary's barbecue chicken and fitting that the game ends with somebody in the secondary making a tackle like that. That was also the game that Nate Hobbs made his return from uh, injury and came out. I remember talking to him in the locker room following the game. We said, hey, did you hear what Keenan Allen had to say? And he just smiled and laughed and said, huh, barbecue chicken. That was the theme of the Raiders' locker room following that game was barbecue chicken. That was a big win right there. I feel like every time the Raiders and the Chargers square up, it could go either way. Uh, they're just that kind of team, so they just go back and forth. Uh, whenever you kind of go through the schedule and you guesstimate the wins and the losses, it's always a safe bet just to split. <laughs> just to say, you know what? These two teams are going to split. And look, I'll say this. The Raiders started off the 2022 season versus Chargers in L.A. in a game where I feel, and it's just me, if Derek Carr doesn't throw three interceptions and they get off to a horrible start, they probably win that game as well. They had plenty of opportunities. They just weren't able to make it happen. But, again, that's how those two teams go, right? There's always something that happens, and it seems like they just always seem to split. Of course, that wasn't the most memorable game against the Chargers at Allegiant Stadium. That would go back to 2021, Week 18, when, well, you win and you get in. You tie and you get in. But there was no tie to be had. The Raiders were able to get a, a, a walk-off field goal by Daniel Carlson to win the game. The place erupted. Allegiant Stadium was nuts. All of a sudden, there was confetti coming from the, the, the roof. And all of a sudden, I, I had no idea to expect that either. Uh, we're sitting in the press box, and we're about to go down to the locker room to talk to the players following. All of a sudden, you hear some big boom, right? And that's when all the confetti started to fall. The music was going. You heard little John turn down for what? And there, I mean, it was... It was a hell of a party in Allegiant Stadium. Boy, I would love to get back to some partying in Allegiant Stadium when it comes to the Silver and Black. And, of course, they get their uh, training camp underway on the 26th of this month. So, uh, yeah, eight days from today will be the first day of practice at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. This is Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. My man Ari is in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio as he is each and every day making it go, doing everything he does at a high level. We definitely appreciate him. And I'm in the Finley, and I would be in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm in the home studio. <laughs> I'm in the home studio like I find myself in quite a bit, but uh, I am here, and uh, we're with you for the next three hours. So excited for the show that we have lined up for you. Of course, uh, excited about the interaction that we'll have with you throughout the course of the show. And uh, JT the Brick, who just uh, wrapped up his show at 2 o'clock, continued with his, uh, his all-time team that he was doing today, and he was talking about cornerbacks. And I'll tell you what, man, it is not easy to determine who are the all-time Raider cornerbacks. When you, let's put it like this. When Eric Allen is on the honorable mention list. That tells you all you need to know. 
Eric Allen was really stinking good. And I don't say that just because I, I call him a friend, but Eric Allen was really stinking good. And I remember the year that he uh, joined the Silver and Black and how important he was for that team's success. And the year that he tore his ACL, he had, so, he had I think, what, eight interceptions that year before he tore his ACL? And you could just tell how big of a void it was when he went down. So Eric Allen on the honorable mention list, a reserve Namdi Asamoa, Terry McDaniel. And I'm just pointing out guys that, you know, I was A1 familiar with, right? I mean, there's some guys on this list that uh, obviously I know who they are, but I wasn't there to witness and, and could sing their, their praises like others can. But Terry McDaniel, Namdi Asamoa on the reserve list, and the starting cornerbacks on the Raiders' all-time team, JT the Brick just put together and uh, announced just a little while ago, thought it was really w- well done, put together, Willie Brown, Lester Hayes, Mike Haynes, and C. Wood. It gets no better than that right there. I mean, that is that is the, the, the cream of the crop right there. So well done by JT. He's going to continue on with the safeties tomorrow, so make sure you tune into that noon to 2 right here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Of course, throughout the course of the show today, we have plenty of time for feedback, 702-365-9200, and the don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Some really good guests that we have coming up on the show today at 2.30, our good friend Adam Hill, back from vacation, uh, part of the Las Vegas Review Journal, and of course, our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. He'll share his thoughts, all things silver and black, as we're eight days away from the first day of practice, what he thinks about Josh Jacobs and him not getting the contract extension, something that I think that Adam was kind of pretty comfortable saying that he didn't think was going to get done, right? And Adam's been very, as a matter of fact, about the feelings of how to put the team together, what he thinks the Raiders should do. So I believe the conversation with Adam Hill coming up at 2.30 will be really interesting. Not to mention the other side of this. I know he was on ESPN Las Vegas Cofield and Company yesterday, and he got pretty, pretty fired up. And I think it takes a lot to get Adam Hill fired up, but once he gets going, it's awesome. Right, I'd love to see Adam Hill get fired up. And so I believe that he got pretty fired up over the idea that basically Josh Jacobs should have took anything on his contract, which I think is silly. And I actually had, Ari, I had someone hit me up on Twitter today, and it wasn't just exclusive to me, but they hit me up. I believe they hit up Paul Gutierrez. I want to say they hit up JT the Brick. Uh, hit up a few people and were basically saying what Josh Jacobs should have been okay with. And it was so funny because I was thinking, like, wait, hold on. He should have been okay with something. Like, I'll, I'll never be in a position to tell anybody what they should have been okay with. And I, I just thought it was really funny how sometimes we as fans or even radio guys may take someone's contract situation and may take it like it's, oh, just chump change. You should just go ahead and take whatever the team is offering you. So, yeah, it was a tweet uh, to, to Josh Jacobs, Paul Gutierrez, Vic Tafer, Vinny Bonsignor, to Sean Reed, JT, and myself. Uh, it says this. Uh, the Raiders, according to Adam Schefter, the Raiders offered Josh a three-year deal. Have no clue the specifics. Then this response was, three-year deal with $7 million a year, 15 to $20 million signing bonus. Should have been enough, in my opinion. What happened? And <laughs> my response was, I'll never say what should have been enough, not to mention that that deal don't even sound good. <laughs> right? The franchise tag alone is $10 million fully guaranteed. So $7 million a year sounds like a, a massive pay cut, if you ask me. So that already got off on the wrong foot. And then 15 to 20 signing bonus, I get it. The signing bonus is that guaranteed upfront cash. That's cool. But I don't, to me, and I don't know what was offered, and it's not in my business. Obviously, it wasn't satisfactory to Josh. It wasn't satisfactory to his agent. And the Raiders weren't going any further than whatever they did. And, again, I don't know the, 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 you know, the, the background and the, you know, all the ins and outs of everything that they were offering. Won't claim to. I'm not going to be that guy, but I just think that it's silly for any of us to uh, ever say, well, that should have been enough. Like, I had my idea what I, I, I thought a decent deal would have been, but I'm not Josh Jacobs. I'm not his agent. 
I'm not the Raiders. So I don't know what they think is fair and what he thought was fair. Obviously, you know, it didn't work out, so he's going to have the one-year $10 million deal. But I think Adam Hill got pretty fired up, and I'll ask him. That'll be the first thing I ask him when he joins us at 2.30 if that was kind of one of the conversation pieces that got him uh, pretty, pretty, pretty much going going at a high octane on Cofield and Company yesterday. So look forward to that conversation coming up at 2.30. At 3 o'clock, Gilbert Manzato, Monday morning quarterback, SI. Uh, he'll join the show, talk all things NFL. Normally we have John McClain on Tuesdays at 3 o'clock, but he's vacationing, so he's going to join us on Thursday. So I like to have someone on a, from a national standpoint. I like to get people that are local. That's who Adam Hill is. And then I like to get people that are national as well. So you get both ideas. You get both opinions on what's going on uh, in the NFL and obviously what's going on with the silver and black as well. Gilbert put out a piece on the, the franchise guys, all the guys that were out there available uh, to either get a long-term deal or have to play on the one-year deal, like a Saquon Barkley, like a Tony Pollard, like a Josh Jacobs, like a Evan Ingram. And Evan Ingram with the Jacksonville Jaguars, the tight end is the only guy who got a deal done. So uh, he'll talk about that. He also talks about he, – he put out bad takes, and uh, this is something that a Monday morning quarterback on SI has been doing for a while now, and he put out a bad take of basically saying NFL head coaches should not be play callers. They should allow their actual offensive coordinator. And I thought about it, as we know, Josh McDaniels calls the plays, and before him, John Gruden called the plays. I actually thought that that's not a bad idea, right? It's not a bad idea. Not saying that Josh McDaniels can't handle it. Not saying that a guy like Sean Payton can't handle it. Not saying a guy like John Gruden couldn't handle it. But I don't think that that's really a bad idea because as the, as the head coach, you're the CEO of everything, you know, Sean McVay, when he took over as the Rams head coach, he did a really good job of just saying, I'm going to focus in on the offense, and that's it. And I'm going to let Wade Phillips go ahead and handle the defense. When the defense is on the field, I ain't even going to be paying attention. I'm going to be sitting over on the Gatorade bottle, and I'm going to have my plays. I'm going to be in my quarterback's ear, and we're going to go from there. Because he just didn't want that responsibility as a first-time head coach. You know, and obviously he's evolved the longer that he was in that position, but – I think it would be uh, not a bad idea to have uh, the offensive coordinator actually call the plays and have the head coach be the CEO of everything and make sure that he's got his thumbprint on the whole team as opposed to just the offense. So uh, there's a lot that Gilbert's been putting out, a lot of work uh, leading up to the, uh, to the start of training camp. He even talked about Super Bowl windows and 11, the top 11 teams that have a Super Bowl window that's closing, and it was shocking to see two teams in the AFC West that he actually mentioned in his piece. And the Raiders were not one of them, and the Chiefs were not the other. So I'll leave that to your imagination if you know what I mean. So, yeah, obviously the conversation with Gilbert Manzano will be a really good one coming up at 3 o'clock. Always enjoy talking to Gilbert. 3.30, Brad Spielberg, a pro football focus. He'll join the show, talk about some realistic contracts, um, what possibly could happen moving forward for the running back position, who we know is very undervalued. I feel like I spent about 15 days now talking about the, uh, the, the undervalue of the running back position, but uh, we'll deep dive into the numbers with uh, Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus. And the thing about Josh Jacobs, what I really like, is the fact that he only turned 25 in February. I also like that he didn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body at Alabama. So I feel like he still has a few really good years, quality years, that he can still get some good burn. Now, I'm not saying 393 touches worth, but I do think he has uh, an opportunity to, to really play at a high level for some more years and really help this Raiders team, which I do believe, and we'll get into in the opening drive, that they really need him moving forward. I do have faith in Zamir White. I think he's going to be a good back. But he ain't Josh Jacobs, in my opinion. We'll talk about it, like I said, coming up in the opening drive. At 4 o'clock, Mason Gordon. He's the creator and chief executive officer for Slam Ball. Slam Ball is returning. It's been gone for I couldn't tell you how long. 
And I realized when I was on vacation in Hawaii that Mason actually joined the show to talk about Slam Ball then, but it's coming up this Friday. So we actually want to get him caught up on everything that's going on with Slam Ball. There's an opportunity that I might go down to uh, a practice facility or go down to an exhibition game at the Cox Pavilion and actually participate in this myself. Now, I'll tell you right now, as a 46-year-old, I ain't going to be jumping off of no trampolines, trying to dunk no ball without having no knee braces on my legs. I, I'm not trying to be Rick Ross. Ari, I don't know if you saw that Rick oh. Ross falling off the, uh, the diving board when he tried to go out there and impress the young ladies and jumping up on that diving board and all of a sudden his knees buckled like, I'm not going to be that guy. So I tell you right now, as much as I like to play ball and I love to do athletic activities, I don't go nowhere without my knee braces. So if I, in, if I do participate in this event uh, coming up on Thursday, a little slam ball action, please believe I'll have my knee braces right there with me, be ready to rock and roll. Old school. Yeah, I ain't mad at that. <laughs> I ain't look. In the house. You know what? It's better to be old school and know who you are and what you need than limits. be Rick Ross, right? Oh, yeah. And be Rick Ross and and fumble into the pool because well, you didn't you didn't know no better. It was really bad. If any of the listeners saw it, it was it was rough. I like Rick Ross, and I was just I like, do too, oh, bro. I'm I ain't so mad sorry. at I ain't mad at Rose. <laughs> like I'm not mad at him. But I was mad at that. Like, yeah. you can't do that. No, that was rough. I've, we all felt bad for him or, I guess, laughed at him, whatever. Yeah, no, I his. think we all laughed. He even yeah, you came don't out the next day. He said, hey, man, you know, my knees deceived me. Rosé. Yeah, <laughs> they, they they took off on him. So uh, Mason Gordon from Slamball, the creator and chief executive officer, will join us at 4 o'clock. Uh, expecting to have reason or excuse. We're gonna, we debuted that yesterday here on Unnecessary Roughness on Radio Nation Radio 920. We're going to run that back. We're going to do that at 4.30. Ari's come up with some more subjects that he wants to run by me and we'll go ahead and do that. I also have some Cover 3 NFL news and notes of the day that we'll try to slide in uh, in between segments here in the show. I mean, we're going to just be busy. Uh, Got to keep your head on a swivel, you know, kind of like ADD radio. We're going to be all over the place, but that's what we do. I'm okay with that. Uh, that's how we get down. So uh, let's go ahead and do it, man. Adam Hill at 2.30, Gilbert Manzano at 3, Brad Spielberg at 3.30, Mason Gordon, 4 o'clock, plus we got reason or uh, excuse. We got cover three NFL news and notes of the day, and we got to hear from you, 702-365-9200, don'tbebroke.com, text line 69187, keyword R&R. Plus we got winning on the way, so Ari, let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Pata Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. So, of course, I'm going to kick things off talking about the running back position. We obviously know that Josh Jacobs is not going to be at training camp in eight days when everything gets started. So I do believe it's a good opportunity for Zamir White. I think he knows eight days out that, hey, I'm going to be the guy in training camp that's going to get the majority of the carries. Of course, Britton Brown, the seventh-round pick out of UCLA, he's going to get some carries as well. Amir Abdullah. He's a third down back. Brandon Bolden, he's he's a back on the roster, right? I'm not too sure exactly what his role is, but it's really going to be the Zamir White and Britton Brown show as far as I'm concerned when it comes to training camp. So I got a couple questions that I want to throw out there to you. And, again, I want to hear your feedback because, well, your feedback is appreciated. Without you, there is no us. So the first question I have, how much do you believe Jimmy G needs Josh Jacobs? Not needs a strong run game, but needs Josh Jacobs. And the reason I say this is, is because people have been hitting me up with this uh, graphic that has been floating around talking about, and we've had people text in at 69187, keyword r and keep telling me, Q, when's the last time that a, a high-dollar running back helped their team get to the Super Bowl or won the Super Bowl? And I know that I never have an answer. And so there's this graphic that's floating around right now. Since 2009, all the running backs and the money that they made winning the Super Bowl, starting with the Saints in 2009, Pierre Thomas, only $460,000. 
2010, the Packers, James Starks, $320,000. 2011, the Giants, Ahmad Bradshaw, 1.5 mil. 2012, the Ravens, Ray Rice, 2 mil. 2013, Seahawks' Percy Harvin says $2.5 million, but I'd like to argue that Marshawn Lynch was the running back that made everything go in 2013, but he clearly wasn't making $2.5 million, but he was the guy that made everything go. 2014 with the Patriots, LeGarrette Blunt, $730,000. 2015, the Broncos, C.J. Anderson, $585,000. 2016, Patriots, LeGarrette Blunt, $760,000. 2017, Eagles, LeGarrette Blunt, $900,000. So you see, one guy's been, he's been feasting, right? LeGarrette Blunt, he he finds his name on this list early, and he finds his name on this list often. The Patriots in 2018, Sony Michelle, 480,000. 2019, the Chiefs, Damian Williams, 1.05 million. 2020, the Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette, 2 mil. 2021, the Rams, Cam Akers, $890,000. In 2022, the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, $870,000. And so that's been thrown at me many times, Ari, and I understand it. I totally understand that all these guys are really low value when it comes to to their 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 base pay but the one thing that i can recognize about the majority of these teams that have won the super bowl is what they all have an elite quarterback for the most part the ravens obviously didn't have an elite quarterback they had joe flacco uh i would say that the seahawks were really led by their run game and their their defense but they still had russell wilson so we'll throw that out there the eagles had nick Foles, so he's not an elite quarterback uh the rams the Rams had Stafford. The Chiefs had Mahomes. The Buccaneers had Brady. The Patriots had Brady. Uh, the Patriots had Brady's. The Broncos had Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? The Giants had Eli. The Packers had Aaron Rodgers. The Saints had Drew Brees. So for the most part, most of those quarterbacks are pretty elite. No disrespect to Jimmy G, but he is not that guy. So I'm not, again, not trying to sound disrespectful, but if you have an elite quarterback, I feel like you could really say, yeah, hey, that running back can get us there, even if it is a seventh-round pick like Isaiah Pacheco, even if it is a guy that we just pulled off the street and gave him you know, $1.5 million, he can get you there. But if you don't have an elite quarterback, how much do you need that big-time running back? And, again, I just asked the question. Personally, I think it's a lot, but that's just my, my answer. I asked you the question, how much does Jimmy G need Josh Jacobs because he is the upper echelon? Just like Saquon Barkley in New York – Daniel Jones needs him. Matter of fact, Daniel Jones should give him a little bit of that contract extension he got because I believe that Saquon Barkley, for the most part, helped him get that contract in a major way. So he should probably break him off a little something, something, say, hey, man, I'm sorry you didn't get a contract extension, but here's a little something. Here's a little, uh, little cheddar, a little fettuccine, a little guap, right, a little moolah, however you want to call it, however you want to summarize it. He should break him off a little something because he, he really helped him get there and then didn't get the contract of his own. I think Josh Jacobs is that same dude for Jimmy G. When the Raiders had no identity, who was their identity? Josh Jacobs. Even when the Raiders didn't know that that was their identity. I don't know how many times I did a Raider roundtable and Lincoln Kennedy continued to tell me and JT, yeah, there's no identity yet. Q, I don't know what the identity is yet. I don't know. The, the team hasn't established it yet. At some point, probably about five or six weeks into the season, Lincoln Kennedy came back and said, Josh Jacobs is the identity of the team. So I ask you, Raider Nation, at 69187, keyword R&R, and, of course, 702-365-9200. You can chime in at any time when we don't have a guest. How much do you believe Jimmy G needs Josh Jacobs? And if you don't think he does need him, let me know. That's okay, too. This is, look, I ain't mad at you because you got a, an opinion. It is all good. This is all this is at the end of the day is our opinions, and we like to share it with each other. And then on top of that, I do want to ask about Zamir White because he is going to be the lead back. 
You know, I heard some people nationally, even my friend Courtney Cronin was on first take this morning, and she said that they're going to turn the running back room over to Amir Abdullah, and I immediately texted her, and I was like, no, no, Courtney, no, Courtney. <laughs> uh, back up, run, run the other way. It's not Amir Abdullah, it'll be Zamir White. But, I mean, look. She's covering the Chicago Bears, so she's not going to know everyone that's on the roster. Zamir White is, is who's going to be first in line to take the, to take the ball and run with it, <laughs> no pun intended, uh, you know, now that Josh Jacobs is not going to be there for training camp. So what would you like to see from Zamir White? What do you expect to see from Zamir White in training camp, preseason, and until Josh Jacobs returns? And I think that's a fair question. We got to see him with a little bit of burn in preseason last year. I thought he looked good, decent to good. I don't think he was anything that wowed me, right? I mean, there's been times where we've come out of preseason, we've seen the team, and we said as, as fans and media, it's like, hey, man, that guy's pretty good. And then he ends up either being okay or nothing really at all because you never really know from the preseason. It's so hard to judge it. But what would you like to see from Zamir White? What would you like to see from really the running game while Josh Jacobs is not a part of the team? And currently he's not part of the team. So uh, there you go. Those are the questions that I have for you. 69187, keyword R&R, 702-365-9200. My man Ari standing by in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, ready to take your call when you're ready to hit us with it. Mailman Raider said, Q, you should ask the slam ball guy if a 5'4 guy who had a Hall of Fame career in high school, in air quotes, has any chance of performing in slam ball, LOL. I have a feeling that was a shot at DeMond. <laughs> I have a feeling that that was a shot at DeMond, and I can tell you right now he ain't got no shot. Is he 5'4"? I don't think he might even be that. But I know that he was fired up when I was on vacation to have uh, Mason on talking slam ball, so I think he's already probably, uh, you know, lived out his, uh, his high school dreams of being that good. But uh, we'll ask him. <laughs> we'll ask a mailman about, uh, about guys that may have underachieved in high school if they can overachieve when it comes to slam ball. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's, the, <laughs> that's the question from Mailman Raider on the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187. Keyword R and R. So Ari, I'll ask you real quick. I mean, you, you know, again, you're not one of those guys that deep dive into everything silver and black, and you don't study the stats and the numbers and pro football focus. That'll be Brad Spielberger when we join him coming up at three thirty. But how much do you think Jimmy G needs needs Josh Jacobs since he's not an elite quarterback? He's about middle of the pack. I'm glad you uh, prefaced it with the fact that I'm not a deep diver, only because. In this case, this is just like it's easy for me with no analytics and basically just what I see right in front of me. He needs him. I don't know how to quantify it. Extremely much. Yes, right. a lot. Uh, well, he was he was thirty three percent of the 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 scrimmage yards for the Raiders last season. Yes, right. And yeah, we don't know the chemistry that uh, Jimmy G and Devontae Adams and the other receivers will have. I mean, you know, it should get there, but right. it's nothing like Carr and Adams. Um, so yeah, the, the, they're going to be extremely reliant upon uh, Jacobs, I would assume. And once again, I, I say that with a strong take, like that's without any analytics or real expertise, right. deep diving to back it up. It's just, I mean, it feels very obvious. <laughs> I mean, it does. It really does. And again, this is not a, a, a knock on the organization at all. I mean, look, they tried to come to an agreement. They didn't. That's fine. But I'll go back to Jimmy G in San Francisco. I'll go back to Brock Purdy in San Francisco. I'll go back to Trey Lance in San Francisco. All those guys, you know why they're successful? Trey Lance obviously has been banged up a lot, but you know why it's like 49ers didn't miss a beat? Because they had an elite runner, right? I mean, when Jimmy G went down and John Lynch made the move for Christian McCaffrey, it's like they didn't miss a beat. And Brock Purdy was, was being sung his praises for being a seventh-round pick, Mr. Irrelevant. Remember, that's what they were calling him. And then you had everyone nationally talk about Purdy, Brock <laughs> Purdy. And, right, I mean, they were just singing his praises because he was the man. Look, I saw him at Iowa State, and you know why he was really good? Because they ran a pro-style offense, and they had a really good run game and a decent defense. Their run game was led by David Montgomery. 
really good. You may have heard of him. Really good running back. They had a strong run game. Coach Campbell there in Iowa State is a hell of a coach. There's a reason why NFL teams have wanted him. Now, Iowa State's fallen off the last couple seasons a little bit, so the shine is off of him a little bit. But they ran a pro-style offense. Purdy was comfortable just being himself, not trying to do too much, and, oh, by the way, relying on the run game and, and, and a defense. And guess what San Francisco had? A hell of a run game. Not just Christian McCaffrey, but Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, whoever wanted to get their hands on the ball would run. Hell, if I was in San Francisco, they'd probably hand me the ball once. Now, I wouldn't get anywhere, but they would probably give me, oh, Q, go ahead, you got one run in you. Yeah, maybe I don't. <laughs> you know, but I'm just saying, like, that's, that's why Purdy was able to go into that position, take over as the quarterback, the starting quarterback for the 49ers, and look like he didn't miss a beat. Did he make some big passes? Yeah. But you know why he was able to make some of those passes? Because everyone was concerned about the run game. And C-Mac is a pretty stinking good running back. He's probably the last guy that's going to get that fat contract for a very long time, if ever. Right? I mean, that's just the nature of the beast, unfortunately. Hate to say it, but it's the nature of the beast at that position. So Jimmy G is the same way. He needs that elite run game, in my opinion. And Josh Jacobs provides that elite run game. So I think that he's needed in a major way. Again, I think Zamir White will be okay, but I don't think there's any team in the NFL. I don't think when the Raiders go to Denver week one, Denver's panicking and worried about Zamir White. Now, they might have to prove to, to panic about him later because he might prove to be the guy. It's like, hey, man, you pay attention to him. But right now, he's what? He's unproven. He's an unproven running back. So right now, they're not really worried about him. Now they're worried about number 17 more than anybody. Now they're worried about number 16 more than anybody. They're worried about Michael Mayer more than anybody. Hunter Renfro, they're not worried about the run game as long as number eight's not back there. So that's why I put it out there and say, I believe Josh Jacobs is really needed in this case because the Raiders don't have an elite quarterback. And, hell, they haven't had an elite quarterback, right? I mean, Derek Carr was a good quarterback, you know, and, and at times he had really good traits. But he was never elite. So that's why they had to rely heavily on the run game as well, right? I mean, he was just never – like, Patrick Mahomes could have Isaiah Pacheco. You know why? Patrick Mahomes could do it on his own. <laughs> he really can. You know, I mean, even Jalen Hurts, look how much better Jalen Hurts got when they had a really significant run game in, in, in Philly. And I'm a Jalen Hurts guy. How much better did his game get once he came from college, kind of got his feet wet in the NFL, and all of a sudden Philly attacked the trenches and really established a run? And then, oh, by the way, he's able to do that too. They messed around and went to the Super Bowl. He was in the MVP conversations for a quick minute, right? He's a guy that just got a fat contract. You know why? Because everything worked out really well. The run game worked really well. The defense was outstanding. And he was really good because he worked his tail off to get a lot better. A couple quick texts I want to get to. 69187, keyword R&R. Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q, even when I eat my Wheaties, I still can't dunk on a Nerf basketball hoop on my best day. Sincerely, DeMond. That's bad, man. DeMond's catching strays. He ain't even on the show. He ain't even on the air for the next 30 minutes on Cofield and Company, and he's catching strays. Someone's going to have to – we're going to have to call DeMond on the air or something like that and be like, hey, dude. Sorry, but you're catching strays today. I love it. I, I don't mean because he's catching strays. I just mean no, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. I don't need. I don't need friends like you. I mean, I love it that his memory lives. All, you know, oh, not always, that he's gone anyway. He's right across the right. hall. But yeah, yeah, that's he's, funny. Make an impact. Yeah, that, that's that's him and his five foot four self make made laugh. a big time impact. That's hilarious. Sir Whiskey Ray, thanks for that. One more text, and we'll take a break. Jim for Yonkers said Jimmy G needs Jacobs like Elway needed Davis. I like that. I like that. Elway was great, but did not win the big one until Davis showed up. Mike Florio made an interesting point. If the Giants and I will add Raiders, wait. If Giants and I will add Raiders make the playoffs, the 10 million is for, wait, what? 
If Giants and Iowa add Raiders make the playoffs, the $10 million is for the regular season. Negotiations can start then. Okay. He suggested that Barkley should not play in the playoffs until he gets an extension. Would Barkley and Jacobs have the advantage at this point? Very interesting take from him. As for Zamir White, he gets the rust off, which will be good. Thanks for a great show. It's from Jim from Yonkers. Sorry I messed up your text, dude. I think it came through a little sideways, and when you're trying to read it live, that's what happens. But I think I understand what you're saying. Basically, Barkley shouldn't sniff the playoffs, shouldn't even decide to play in the playoffs until he gets a contract extension. Problem is he can't get a contract extension until next year. So I don't think any competitor that's worth the salt would do that. Right? As much as I might be angry, someone said, hey, Q, all right, I need you to go do a show. I might be angry because I feel like I've been done wrong. But you know what? <laughs> Once it's showtime, it's showtime. And it's just something about it, man. You just can't help yourself. So I understand the theory. And it's easy for someone like me or Mike Florio or anyone else to say, yeah, just don't, don't play in the playoffs if you make it. But, man, as we as Raider fans know, it's not easy to get to the playoffs. When you get to the playoffs, damn it, <laughs> you better be ready to go. As you get to the playoffs, you might not get another chance, right? <laughs> you might not get another chance to get back to the playoffs. 228 is the time. We'll talk to Adam Hill next. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Brought to you by Paul Law. It's not about the injury. It's about the recovery. One word, one word. I would probably say dominant. I'm just powerful, powerful, fast. Go come at you, but not scared of nothing. And just go do what I got to do. Give to White again. Another huge hole. Stiff arm at the 25. Spins out of a tackle 20. And he's finally down at the Seahawks 16-yard line. Zamir White back-to-back first down carries. This one for 17 yards. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness. With your boy Q, broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. The Raiders had a hell of a day running the ball against the Seattle Seahawks. That was the game where Josh Jacobs walked it off with that nice 80-something yard rush uh, in overtime to walk it off. And Zamir White was having his way as well in that game. Obviously not a whole lot of burn, but enough to show that the run game was very effective against Seattle on their very poor run defense. Mailman Raider hit us up and said, Q, absolutely Jimmy G needs J.J., but I wouldn't even stop there. The offense needs J.J. He opens up things for the wide receivers and tight ends to do their thing, just like D.A. opens it up for J.J. Also, I want Zamir to be Zeus, right? We got to see the lightning cue. That's from Mailman Raider on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Join us now on the phone lines from the Las Vegas Review Journal and, of course, our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, is our guy Adam Hill. And, Adam, welcome back from vacation. We definitely appreciate you. And I saw a little clip on, uh, on YouTube. I saw Cofield tweeted out that you were a little fired up when uh, I want to say someone suggested Josh Jacobs should have took the offer that was given to them or given to him or offered to him. What was it that got you fired up about Josh Jacobs and him not getting that extension yesterday? Um, well, first, let's uh, put a pin in something else because uh, we have to address some things that could, could be behind the scenes, but let's do them on the air instead in a couple of minutes. How about that? Uh, okay. We'll come back to that. Uh, but, yeah, look, I, the, some of the narrative just really got to me yesterday, uh, and, and it, it's been going on for a while with fans, and for some reason, I don't know why. I, I could, I've never understood in my life why any fan would take this out of management over players in any any kind of dispute. Um, it just doesn't make sense to me, but I get that it happens. But some of the narrative is just, is just out of control. And so I think you have to start from the operating point of the Raiders are absolutely in the right to not want to pay Josh Jacobs guaranteed money over several years. You just don't do that with running backs. It's not how it's done. That's not how the league operates, and it's not how you have success in the NFL. It's just not. So the Raiders are in the right from their perspective. 
Josh Jacobs is also very much the right from his perspective to want to be compensated, to want to have guaranteed money, to want to have security over a couple of years, because we know that the mission in the NFL for teams is basically to drive their running backs into the ground and then move on to the next one and leave them with no value where they can make any money in the future. Uh, so, you know, pay, get them on the, on the rookie contracts, drive them into the ground, and then say, hey, you're, you're beaten up at the end and we're not going to pay you. And that, that's how a lot of teams operate, and it's unfair to the position, and it really sucks, for, quite yeah. frankly, for guys that are running backs. So, like, I, th- I think both sides are very much in the right with their stances, but then when you have – fans start taking the narrative of things like shut up and play and get your money at some point or what like things along those lines or stop being so money hungry um and and then i saw the other one that somebody went after josh jacobs and said hey if you just go out there and do your job they'll take care of you <laughs> no they will not that's, and again i'm not blaming the raiders for not doing that but literally what happened last year they didn't pick up his option he they said go ball out and earn it he did and what did he get for it Right. Nothing. And I don't want to hear, he gets $10.9 million on the franchise tag. No, there's no guarantees to that. There's no security to that. There's nothing down the road that if you do go out and do that again this year, then next year they say, well, two straight years of 350 carries, we can't pay you now. Like, your body's going to be beat down. Okay. Well, then when are they supposed to be, when are they going to get taken care of? That's that's the question. So, again, I'm not, I'm not taking sides in this because I think that, that both sides are very right. But if your anger and animosity and, and especially public comments on Twitter are directed at Josh Jacobs for for what for any kind of money hungriness or grubbiness or whatever people are saying, stop that. That's gross. Right. It really is, and, and I agree with you 100%. You know, on the show yesterday, we had a lot of people calling in and saying it's the staff's fault. You know, it's Dave Ziegler, it's Josh McDaniels, it's the Patriot way, and I kept saying, Adam, no, it's not. It's not. It has nothing to do with the Raiders. It has nothing to do with the Patriots. It has nothing to do with the Cowboys, the Giants, uh, any, any other team that decides not to pay a running back. It's the system that is in place right now, and I feel like the system is broken. I just don't know how to fix it. Yeah, I've seen some ideas, right? I mean, I, I don't know that any of them are going to actually work. Um, but I, I've seen the ideas. You know, obviously, there was the one put out that's a very extreme case of running backs leaving the players' union and, and organizing their own CBA. Um, that would be fascinating. It would be intriguing, I'm sure. I, w- I would very much like that. Um, I definitely would love them to also maybe separately, short of that drastic step, come up with something where running back contracts are not as locked in uh, you know, as rookies where you can't just control a guy for five, six years with franchise tags and never pay them any guaranteed deals. Like that seems unfortunate for a position whose whose career average is far less than three years. Um, you know, that doesn't seem very fair that you can never get into a free agency or never, you know, hit hit the open market or test what your worth is uh, out there until pretty much your career is over. Uh, at that point, that doesn't seem fair. Like I, I think if they made some move where the running back salaries didn't count fully against the salary cap, maybe it was only 60% or something along those lines, Like maybe that would help uh, in terms of spurring something. I don't know what would help. I, just, I know things need to be changed, and um, I, I like that this has become a topic the last couple of weeks because you know, uh, in, in the Sunday call that I do, I can pretty much write about whatever I want, and it's no, it's no coincidence that like two of my first six columns were about running back pay. Right. Like I've been talking about this for a long time and it's it's frustrating to me and you saw running backs yesterday around the league just really lash out about this and, and it, it makes sense. I mean it's just not fair what has happened in the position. But I'm also not attacking teams because that's the right decision. Analytics will tell you they're doing the right thing by not guaranteeing these guys long term contracts. So something needs to change. If both sides are right something needs to change, right? I mean, I think right. that's, that's pretty clear. Yeah. Uh, so I'd like to see that happen, but um, I don't think there's a perfect solution. I will say, I, I think 
the the theory that has been floated around about what Saquon Barkley could do, and look, Josh Jacobs could do it too. I just don't, I don't know that the Raiders are going to be a play, be a playoff team. I think that's, you know, <laughs> that'd be a, a be long shot. Mm-hmm. But Josh Jacobs could do it too. Uh, so completely Tony Pollard, but um, a guy like Saquon Barkley, if it if this does come to fruition, could change things. Where the way the CBA is written, and I know uh, a couple of people floated this out yesterday, so if you saw it already, um, you already know this. But if you haven't, the the way the CBA is written, you know, we all know now that Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs cannot negotiate a long term deal until after the season. Like yep. we all know that that's in the rule, but they wrote the rule to say at the end of the regular season, not the end of the NFL season. So the end of the regular season is when he can negotiate. So how about go out there, play on the franchise tag, make the playoffs, and then hold out after the regular season before the first playoff game? That could change things dramatically. And I think it would be extremely, extremely unlikely that somebody would do that, either yeah. you know Jacobs or Pollard or, or Saquon Barkley being the biggest candidate. But, man, oh, man, would that put some pressure on a team and would that probably get them back to the negotiating table? That's what I'd want to see. You know, that, that would be interesting. And we actually had Jim from Yonkers hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line and suggest that. And I wasn't quite sure exactly what he meant. I guess the text came through a little a little jumbled or whatever. And so that's what he was talking about. I guess Florio threw that out there uh, maybe yesterday or earlier today, whatever the case may be. I just said this. This was my counter to that. Adam, you know how hard it is to get to the playoffs, right? You see these teams struggle to get to the playoffs and they finally get there. I can't see a player saying, okay, now that I made it to the playoffs, I'm going to sit out because I'm trying to get this contract. I just couldn't see that well, happening. I don't, I don't think that. That's the point. I think the point is the Giants would say, yeah, we're not going into the playoffs, and it's a rare case to be in the playoffs and not giving this guy a contract. Right. I mean, that, that's what you're doing. Is putting, like, your hope is that you're not actually going to have to set up a playoff game, that the team is going to be like, all right, we're going to give you the next four years guaranteed or something along those lines. Just get out there on Sunday <laughs> and play in this playoff game. We're not going to risk this opportunity that is so rare in, right. you know, in the NFL to be, make the playoffs. We're not going to risk that opportunity um, by not signing him. So that would be the hope. Again, it's I don't think it will happen. I'm not suggesting that it's going to happen. I think it would be really – and by the way, you think the fans turn against players now? Oh, man. man they oh, would turn my goodness. Them. But it would really, really be for the benefit of all players. I mean, especially all running backs going forward in the future. I would love, love, love to see it happen. I just don't think it would. Adam Hill is our guest from the Las Vegas Review-Journal and also our sister station ESPN Las Vegas here on Radio Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. So, okay, Josh Jacobs, we know that he's not going to be there in eight days when camp opens up. It'll be the Zamir White show. What are you expecting to see from Zamir now that he's got this opportunity, I feel like a golden opportunity in front to show what he can do? Well, and I'll, 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 I guess I'll first answer that and say, um, look, I think Zamir White is a very talented player. I, I think it helped him probably not to have a whole lot of pressure on him last year uh, where he can come in and just kind of learn the ropes a little bit. There was times we saw him where he looked a little bit lost, but that's that's a rookie. Like you, you expect that. And there was times that I think you looked and said, okay, this guy's going to be a very capable player. Like I think there's a lot of potential there, a lot of ability. And and I should also point out, I mean, very few better dudes, you know, to kind of yeah. deal with and talk to. And um, we know the struggles that he's had, you know, uh, personally in terms of, um, you know, communicating and, and some of the issues that he has and some of the uncomfortability he has. But what an unbelievable kid uh, yep. to be around and kind of talk to. So I think everybody will be rooting for him if he does have to step into that kind of opportunity. It looks like he will, at least for training camp. So um, I, I think that's a that's a story to watch and one that I think a lot of people can root for uh, for him to be successful. Uh, but I think Zimmerway is a key name. Because in, when we go back to the Josh Jacobs situation, you think about, I mean, everything that this administration told you last year when they took over was that this was going to happen. It's not, a, it's not like they hid 
their intentions or their desires. They came in, they drafted two running backs, and then they threw Josh Jacobs out there in the Hall of Fame game. Right. Like, what, what exactly are people surprised by that they don't want to commit long-term to a running back? That's what it is. Now, the, the problem that they had was that they you – know, and for, oh, they didn't you – know, you know, they don't pick up the option. They play him, play him in that game. They draft two running backs. Everything that they did suggested that they don't want to sign a running back long-term, that they don't want to commit to a guy long-term. Now, Josh Jacobs completely changed that dynamic and that attitude by going out there and just having the season that he had, defying all expectations and and balling out the way he did. And that goes to the point of people saying, hey, just go and do your job. Just go do your job. You'll be rewarded. God, I'm sorry. That just annoys me so much that people say, hey, just go play, play hard. Do your job. Focus on the team. Everything will take care of itself. No, it absolutely will not. And I, God, I hate those people that say those things. They're just wrong. Um, but, but yeah. So Josh Jacobs changed that dynamic. He changed the equation. Yeah. The the desire that they had to just move on from him and cut ties was completely changed because he was so good last year and because he was so good in the locker room and he is so loved by everyone. Like that is that that's why they had to at least entertain the possibility of keeping around. I don't think they, like, if you would have asked last year if they thought they were going to pick up the, the or if they thought they were going to put the franchise tag on Josh Jacobs, they would have said no way because they could have just picked up the picked up the fifth-year option last right. year. Like, they didn't think that they were going to be in this position. They didn't think they'd want him around long-term. He just changed all of that by, by playing the way he did and by being the way that he was in the locker room. So um, Josh Jacobs has put a lot of pressure on them by doing what he did, uh, but he's also put them in this, you know, very difficult situation in terms of negotiating, and uh, I don't think anybody really expected this if you were paying attention that this was going to happen. Right. I'm with you 100%. Again, we're talking with Adam Hill here on Radio Nation Radio 920 and Necessary Rough. There's just got a couple more questions for you. So I guess the big elephant in the room is when do you expect Josh Jacobs to show up? Obviously, it won't be the 26th. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I think it would be, it'd be a really interesting move if he did, right? If he just came in right at the beginning and um, kind of shut up all those people that said, like, you know, he's about himself or he's selfish and oh, he's there, he's ready to go. Uh, I don't think he will, and I, nor should he, by the right. way. Mm-hmm. He shouldn't be there. Um, you know, because obviously, he, you know, I saw other people saying he's holding out. Let's be also clear, he's not holding out. Nope. He is not on the Raiders at this moment. Right. Like he is not a part of the team. He's not under contract. So he's not holding out. He doesn't have a job to go to. Because there, there was people last night saying, "Just show up." I, I have to show up for work. Well, what if you don't have a job? Because right. right, Josh Jacobs doesn't have a job. So right. what, what is he showing up to? Um, you know, could he just fuck in and sign the tag and practice? Yeah, sure, he could. Um, I wouldn't. Like that's part of the issue, right? You don't have guaranteed money after this year. So why would you go there and risk a severe injury if you have no? You know, fallback option. We have no guarantee that you're going to be around next year. If, if you know, you, if he goes in and you know, it, it could happen any time during the season. But if you're in training camp where you don't really have to be at, and you tear an ACL, and now next year even you're going into the free agency and like, well, you're damaged goods now. We don't want you. Like, right. you're just damaging your future. If something like that were to happen. So I wouldn't show up for the start of training camp if I were him. Um, I would obviously want to be in there. The running back to different. He already knows the system. He's been around for a year. He doesn't need that. As long as he stays in shape on his own. Um, I would probably pop in right after the last preseason game. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. That's what I'm expecting. I, I believe he'll probably be there for week one to head to Denver because, well, those game checks are game checks, and those yeah. are real. So I don't think he's going to want to yeah. miss out on $10 million. Well, we'll wrap up on this. How much do you believe Jimmy G, as the level quarterback that he is, obviously not elite, how much do you believe he needs Josh Jacobs in the backfield? Hmm. I, I did hear you guys talking about this. I mean, he he needs a running game. I don't think he necessarily needs Josh Jacobs. I mean, I think 
if, if he had his pick, his pick, it would be Josh Jacobs. No question. Um, I think any fan, anybody who follows the team, anybody who's around there knows like Josh Jacobs does add a lot uh, in what he, you know, what he can bring. And mm-hmm. um, obviously Zemir White didn't get a whole lot of action last year. So I don't know if you're Jimmy, if you trust, you know, Zemir White and blitz pickups and those sorts of things right, right now, uh, mm-hmm. not having seen all that stuff. So um, I'd want to have the veteran guy around there that knows, knows everything that he needs to do and everywhere he needs to be and how to play at this level. Um, I'd certainly want that, but you have to remember, he also has guys like, you know, Amir Abdullah, who I, I heard you reference, uh, you know, the new lead back in the, in the backfield. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but he, he has those veteran guys that have been around uh, in the backfield. So I think those are the guys he'd kind of lean on and need. Um, but how much does he need him? Probably not very much. How much does he want him? Probably a lot. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, there you go, and that's why we throw the question out there. We like to get different perspectives, and, and you know, I, I just looked at what Jimmy G did with San Francisco, and I see these other quarterbacks that are not elite and think, hey, you need to have somebody that you can really count on and, and say, hey, that's my guy, and I think Josh Jacobs is that dude. But Samir White could end up being that guy. You just got to see it. We didn't see anything from him last season, so there you go. Yeah. Sounds good. Now, yeah. you, you mentioned something at the beginning about uh, having to take care of something. Well, we got to take care of real quick. I did. Look, I, I was listening uh, early on because that's what I do. I listen to you guys. You do a great job. Uh, did, did Ari bring that new segment to the show, Reason or Excuse? Uh, actually, you know what happened is I was on ESPN National with Emmett Golden, and Emmett's on ESPN Cleveland, and he says that they do it every single Monday, and okay. he enjoys it. And so I said, well, I'm going to steal it and take it to Raider Nation Radio. And he said, please do. And I said, I'll even give you credit for it. So we debuted it yesterday. and so, But I'm making Ari a big part of it. Like, he's going to own reason or excuse. I was just going to say, and Ari can tell you, reason or excuse has been, like, a motto of mine for years. <laughs> it's, 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 what I, it's what I talk about all the time because people are like, that's an excuse, that's an excuse. No, sometimes there's reasons. Right. Um, you know, and, and the biggest example to me is last year people called the Golden Knights injuries excuses. And I said, no, if you have seven of your nine best players on the injured list, that's a reason that you're not good. That's not an excuse right. for not being good. And we saw this year, obviously, that was a reason because they were a little bit more healthy and then they won the Stanley Cup. So I thought maybe Ari had uh, taken my concept and brought it to you and I was going to call him out for it. But if that's not the case, that's fine. I'll do you <laughs> one better. Go ahead. We, Steve's right. Steve uh, tweeted, your co-host uh, tweeted that you should join us for a reason or excuse, maybe not today, but another day. The invite is now extended. Come on. There you go. Interesting. Interesting. All right, well, <laughs> I didn't steal it. Really. If he didn't, that's fine. <laughs> it's I'll, all good. I'll allow it. Adam, what are you working on that we should be on the lookout for, my man? <laughs> no, just getting ready for training camp. And uh, big big, uh, big night all of a sudden uh, coming up on Saturday with the softball game because there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of interesting things to say. Yep. Riley Smith was traded away from the Golden Knights. Uh, Josh Jacobs probably out there as well, and we'll see, see what he has to say. So, uh, all of a sudden, a very fun and silly event becomes very interesting. Yeah, no doubt. We actually got tickets that we'll be giving out to that a little bit later on the show. So there you go. Well, Adam, there thanks you know. so much, man. Appreciate you as always. Welcome back from vacation. We'll catch up soon. Sounds good. Talk to you guys soon. All right, brother. There he goes. Adam Hill, the great Adam Hill from the, the RJ and also our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. You can check him out on Twitter at Adam Hill, LVRJ. Every time we have him on, somebody chimes in on the don'tbebroke.com text line and says how good of a job he does. So I definitely appreciate him. But as mentioned, man, we got a lot of winning on the show today. We have winning every single hour. We got the Lotus Summer of Fun. We've got the Battle for Vegas, like uh, Adam mentioned. And you know what? We're going to go ahead and switch things up. We're going to go ahead and we're going to get someone registered for uh, the four tickets to the Aviators game, the 
Lotus Summer of Fun. But since he, he mentioned the Battle for Vegas, why don't we go ahead and get someone four tickets right now to the Battle for Vegas on Saturday. Uh, it's going to be very interesting. The Golden Knights and the Raiders. Uh, Riley Smith, no longer a part of the Golden Knights. He's a captain. Josh Jacobs, I'm expecting to see out there. Uh, we all know what's going on with his contract situation. So there's a lot of questions that should be had on Saturday night at the Las Vegas ballpark. You could be there. You and three of your friends or three of your family members right now. Call number nine is what I'm looking for. 702-365-9200. That's 702-365-9200. Plus, you can chime in on our don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword r How much do you believe Jimmy G needs Josh Jacobs? And what would you like to see from Zamir White while Jacobs is away from the team? Maybe in training camp, preseason, and who knows until Josh Jacobs is able to return. But those are the two questions. How much do you believe Jimmy G needs Josh Jacobs? And what would you like to see from running back Zamir White in his second year out of Georgia? This is Radio Nation Radio 920.